This is episode 11 of Jennifer's story. We are picking up her American divorce story with her jumping from Airbnb to motel room with her two children. All while her case is still being played out in front of the court system. And I have the two kids, I can't do anything. So I'm in this hotel room and uh, my lawyer, like I'm, I'm on his case, like, please, please, like, help me, help me, help me, help me. You know, my lawyer is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but, and I don't have money because I have to pay for a hotel room. Like now my expenses have gone off the charts because before I was, I was doing Airbnbs at like Atlantic City, which by the way, the crime rate in Atlantic City is so high. It was so scary being in Atlantic City. Women are just going missing in Atlantic City. And these women are immigrants, illegal immigrants, I'm assuming, that are maids in these homes and they're just going miss. People are getting human traffic. Like it's human trafficking happening in this place. You don't understand how fearful I am now that like when I come out of the car, I run inside to the house with my two kids. I'm running. I don't want no one to notice me. I don't want no one to see me. If there's a van that pulls up that's like white, no windows, I'm like in such heightened, I have like pepper spray. I'm like scared for my life in Atlantic City. I couldn't sleep some nights because I'm scared. You know, one Airbnb I had, the there was the bedroom had a door to the backyard, which was an alleyway, which had broken glass, which means people used to break in to places like and you could see the place the the glass boarded up um the door had glass on it and so anybody could break into the door and i me and the kids would be exposed you know um i thought there was an abandoned hotel because it was so grimy so dirty and then i realized people actually stayed there like it's just the the quality of life and the things that i've seen i I can't even describe it. It's just so bad. And I had to put on a smile for my kids. As a reminder, Jennifer had already been given, by the court, two main things. One, possession of the house. And two, child support. But things were stalling because the presiding judge was leaving and a new judge needed to be assigned. And her husband was refusing to leave the house. And now, after months of living as a nomad with her two children, a new judge was finally assigned. The court sent us an email saying they found the paperwork for child support and relocation and that they're going to give a new judge this because the old judge is gone. So in that, my, my lawyer, you know, because he's not getting any money and because we don't have any money to do anything, to file paperwork, to do what needs to be done, this process, He's like, we're going to well, talk to the judge about this guy's not leaving the house, right? So we go in front of the judge and the judge doesn't care. So you, the first judge was nice, nicer. The second judge, complete asshole. He doesn't care. He doesn't give me the child support. He doesn't care that I haven't had it in over like a year because November 2021, we are now in 2022. It's almost a year now, and I don't have any child support. He hasn't paid. He's never paid me any money. Yeah, we're in August now. So from July, we're in August. I'm in front of the judge mid-August, and I'm asking him for child support. And the judge is like, 
denied everything and was like, you guys need to get a divorce. I'm not going to look at this until someone gets a divorce. I don't care who gets a divorce, but someone has to do it. Yes, this whole time, Jennifer and her husband had not filed for divorce. Jennifer's lawyer had advised her against filing for divorce because if she had done so, she would have to stay in New Jersey for a long time. So she followed his advice. Nobody filed for divorce. Um, my lawyer was like, we don't want there to be the, this is what he told me. He's like, jurisdiction would mean that if we do a divorce, then it's just going to mean that you're going to be here longer. Well, now the judge, this judge now in August is telling me somebody has to file for divorce. Somebody has to file for divorce. Fast forward a couple of months, Jennifer's husband files for divorce. Jennifer gets a new lawyer, but she is still not able to return to the house, which the court had given her the rights to. But then this happens. He, t he tells me, my ex tells me, he's going to Toronto for the weekend. And this is in November. And I'm like, no, he's like, you need to watch the kids. And I'm like, no, I'm not watching the kids. It's your time with your kids. You want, you, you want your kids, right? Like you watch them. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm going to Toronto. You have to watch the kids. And we fight about it back and forth. And then he's like, listen, I don't care what you say. I'm going. And you're going to have to figure it out. So I said, okay, fine. And in my mind, I, uh, me and my friend come up with a plan. It was her plan. She told me, she's like, you know what, Jen, take, take back the house. She told me to take the house like two months ago. Like I'm in the hotel room. She's telling me, you need to take the house. You need to steal that house back. No one's helping you. You need to get it. By this point, Jennifer is done being stepped on by everyone in this story. The judge, the lawyers, the sheriffs, her husband everyone. So she decides to take matters into her own hands and turns into an action movie slash comedy hero. So when he tells me he's leaving for Toronto, right, he's gone for the weekend. So I'm like, perfect. I could take the house then. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know. I was so mad about it. And then I was sleeping and I, like, I woke up in the middle of the night so mad about it. And I thought about it and I'm like, I'm going to just take the house let him go to Toronto. So he leaves. He leaves Thursday and I pick up and I pick up and he I pick up the kids from school like I normally do in front of the house because the boys get um, picked up and dropped off in front of the home. So this is another thing. I'm in the hotel and school starts September and I'm dropping them to the house. Two I'm doing two rides in the morning and in the afternoon for both of my kids so they can go on the bus every single day from the hotel to the house five days a week my kids are going to school and and my youngest kid only goes to school for half day so i have to come in the afternoon to drop him in front of the house and um so i pick them up i'm picking them up on thursday and he leaves and i'm watching him how he leaves the house and he leaves the car he come he leaves through the garage door and he leaves the garage door opener in the car and he leaves the car and he jumps into an Uber and he goes to Toronto. So I was like, perfect. Now I know, you know, how, which door is open, right? So I, um, the next day, Friday, 
I I dropped my kid to school, my older one. So he's gone to school. And then my younger, so I'm with my younger one and I load my car up with everything from the hotel. I, I'm loading everything up into the car and I'm in a Corolla, by the way. Um, and I have my son in, in the back and the car is full of stuff. So I go into the, I go to the house, I call a locksmith up. I get the locksmith to come and I tell him, oh, you know, my, my husband left out of town and I went to go drop my kid to school and I, I left the key in, in the house. Right. I left the key in the house. Right. And I, yeah. And my husband left and he's out of town and he locked the doors and I can't get into the house. Right. So the guy's like, can I see your ID? So I, I give him my ID. He's like, okay, no problem. And I'm like, can you just go to the back and open up the back door? Cause he looks at the front door and he's like, I'm going to have to drill this. And I'm like, okay, well then just go to the back. So he goes to the back and he tries opening up the door and there's like a latch. And he's like, I can't open the door. There's a latch. So he opens the door, but the lot, the latch is like blocking the door. And so he's like, and so he's like, is there a latch? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a latch. So I'm like, I don't know. And he's looking at me. His face is like, what, how, how can you not know? Right. But then. It, <laughs> so like, I'm being, I'm trying to be like, nice, you know? Yeah. And I said. So then, yeah, so then he's like, he's like, okay, um, let's try another door, right? He's like, let's try the front door. So then he's going now, he's looking at the front door and I'm looking at him and I'm reading his van and it says that they can break into cars. So I look at him, I'm like, can you break into this car? Because that's the garage door openers in the car, right? So I'm like, can you break into this car? And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, why? And I'm like, Oh, because the garage door is in it and you can just press it and we can go through the garage, right? And he's like, okay, that's, that would be easier than me drilling this, this hole into this front door. So he decides, he goes now and he tries to open up the car and he tries to break in and he can't break in. So he's using that same old school like rod. So he takes the rod and instead of trying to hook the, the lock because he can't do it, he takes it and he presses the garage door opener on uh, and he presses and he opens up the garage door. And then we and then he breaks into the the door because it's locked. He breaks he he unlocks it, he breaks in. The alarm, yes, and then the alarm goes off now. And I'm like, shit. So I <laughs> so, <no. laughs> so he's like the alarm's going off. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, this man sees me. <laughs> He sees me, he sees his car, he sees my kid, he sees a car full of stuff, and he's like, he's still, like, doing what I'm asking, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's so many things against me, and I know he knows because he has this look on his face, but he's like, you know, you're a nice person, you have a kid. Oh yeah, he could tell, but I'm a nice, I'm a nice person, and I'm being nice to him, and he's like, you know what, she has a kid. She, it's her address. Like I have a driver's license, you know, like, so he's like, whatever, you know, he lets me into the house. I take the alarm system and I, the thing that's beeping, it's like a ring alarm. So I just dump it into water to like stop it because from it, because it says that I looked into it. I did research and made sure because I knew what the alarm system was going to be like. 
I knew the backup system was going to be 24 hours. Um, I knew I had to take off the internet, like disconnect all these things, disconnect, like take off the camera. And I did all that stuff. Then I called another locksmith. I paid the guy, let him go. I called another locksmith and I told him to come. I need you to change my locks. I lost my keys. Um, and I need you to change all of my locks. So then another locksmith comes two hours later, changes all of the locks in the house. Yeah. I couldn't tell the same locksmith, come change my locks now. <laughs> I got to be smart. Yeah. I, I got another locksmith come, changed all of the locks, gave me new keys to the house. Um, I went back to the hotel, grabbed my second load, checked out of the hotel. And, I, and the, the people there knew me and they were just like, you know, they asked me if I'm going to, if yeah, well, I didn't tell them my story. I've been keeping my stuff to myself because I'm, I'm at a very vulnerable position and I don't want people to know my story because then they could take advantage. I check out of the hotel and, you know, they're like, you know, hopefully we'll see you soon. And I was like, well, you know, I'm working on things and so I'm hoping I don't come back, you know? And, um, I leave, I, I leave the hotel. I get it to the house now. He's messaging me. You took over the house. How, like, you know what I mean? All these angry messages. Um, the alarm went off and then, um, I think my, like my neighbors are spying on me. The neighbors, he has the neighbors spying on me. He messages me. He knows I'm in the house and he's coming back to take it over. Blah, blah, blah. So the next day, um, so my son, my son comes home from school. He's, he's shocked. We took over the house. Yeah, I know. It's, it feels amazing that I took some power. You know what I mean? Throughout this whole process, everybody has underestimated me, underestimated my knowledge, underestimated my will, underestimated his lawyer, him, the judge, everybody. I just feel always at a disadvantage, but I'm not giving up. Like, I'm just not going to give up. And no one's helping me. You know, left me in a room with my two kids for four months. July, August, September, October, November. November 4th, I take over the house. And um, it's great. It's a great feeling. It's a big, it's a big fuck you to everybody. You know, I can do this on my own. And I'm smart enough to do it. By the way, Jennifer, to this day, is still going through big issues with her case in the court system in New Jersey. If you have been touched by her struggles and her story, and can help her legally in New Jersey, please reach out to us. And we will put you in touch with Jennifer. She deserves all the help she can get. And with Jennifer's big F you to the system, that's where we'll pick up our next episode.